Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Achtung Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another World Cup Diary episode of Achtung Millwall. Joining me today from his place of work is Mr. Michael Avery. How are you doing, Michael? No rest for the wicked. I'll sacrifice lunch hours for this podcast. So if we don't get a decent download number, I'll be furious. <laughs> I've promised I've promised to get us out of the house in, two, in 20 minutes today, listeners, because we're just talking about last night's England. Three Wales nil. Routine win, Michael, really. I mean... The first half, uh, I'm just looking at the BBC report, described it as uneventful. And I think that's putting new spin on the word uneventful because there really wasn't anything to talk about after the first 45. But then, as so often through this World Cup, moments of individual brilliance light them up, light the games up. And that's what happened last night. The, the Rashford free kick, then it was Foden just moments later from a nice break down the right side. And then obviously uh, another one for Rashford. On 60, 68 minutes, which was the, uh, was that a goalkeeping error for the third? He should have done better, I thought, for the, for the third goal. But it was, you know, it was routine, Michael, wasn't it, really, in the end, after a long build-up of, of, of hype? Yeah, do you know what I think it was as well, Nick? It was last night, I was, um, I was watching the game with, um, like, with the family, um, like, niece and nephew come around, different like that. So there's quite a few of us watching it. Mm. And like the younger, the younger um, children were sort of going like, "Oh, why aren't we doing anything in the first half?" And I was a bit like, "We don't need to win, you know. Like winning would obviously be good to win the group and everything like that. But Wales need to absolutely hammer us to have any chance of sort of going through. They you know? needed four, didn't they? They needed a win exactly. by four. So, but I think what probably happened was 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 Southgate was thinking, "Well, there's no pressure on us to do anything really." He probably then saw how bad they were in the first half and thought, "Oh, fuck it, let's just go for it." Second half, because there was a seismic twist in how the game went. I think because first, first, first half, it was very much put off the gas, let Wales hit us. We'll just knock the ball around, not do too much with it, apart from that Rashford chance, which um, the keeper did well to save. Yeah. Um, but then second half was a different game. I thought we played really well second half, and, but but Wales first half and second half they were atrocious, weren't they? They were very poor. I mean, in our WhatsApp group listeners, Harry described Wales as a League Two outfit, <clears throat> and I thought, well, that's a bit harsh, H. But then, you know, he, that's 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 um, that is Harry. You know, love him. Um, but I must admit, by the end of the hundred and odd minutes of, of the game, as it as it actually plays out at the moment, 
I was with H, Michael. I thought they they looked exactly what they they, they you know what they, what you saw in the tin was what they were because they looked very poor. I mean, Bale left the game at half time. Apparently, he was carrying a knock in the first half, which um, you know is, is for Wales is is a huge blow because he's their talisman as as um, advanced in his career as he is now. But once he was out of the game, there was there was really nothing more to come from Wales, was there? No, and. Like we just said, literally just before we started recording, let's be brutally honest. I'm 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 a big fan of Bar- uh, uh, Barry Barry Gow on any Barry, Barry Gow. He's good as well. That that would been like the sort Barry of, Bale's um, good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Gareth Bale. I'm a big fan of Gareth Bale. I, I liked him as a player. I liked him when he was at Madrid. Um, obviously, injuries didn't help his time there towards the end. But everyone's looking at Gareth Bale now, or not everyone. The majority of people and the build-up and media spec is this is the same Gareth Bale that took. Wales to the 2016 Euros. That was nearly seven years ago. You know, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Ramsey, again, a player I liked. Um, I, I don't really follow him too much now, but, you know, he, he was a big player at Arsenal, went out to Juventus with a big reputation, didn't work out there, got loaned out to Rangers, nothing happened there, and now he's playing mid-table football in a league that when PSG smash someone, they call it a farmer's league. Um, <laughs> I, might not, I might not disrespect... Um, what do you call it? The uh, league on as much as that, but mm. it's he, he's not exactly tearing it up. And the other player really of note for them was was what Kiefer Moore, wasn't it? Who who, yeah. who was who, who was touted at signing for us when he was at Wigan a couple of years ago. So it, it shows the calibre of these players. And is is I think the problem as well is that the, the nation has been sucked into this England v Wales hype. And no matter how much people don't like Gareth uh, Southgate. What he said the other day was spot on when the press bloke went, what is the big English England Wales thing for those outside? He went, well, they're here, we're here. That's about it. <laughs> and, that, and that's what it was. it was. It was turn up. They need to, they need to massively beat us. They've obviously got this complex with, with English football. Their entire World Cup campaign was, oh, we don't care if we lose 15-0 as long as we beat England. And we've just gone and showed them up. Yeah. Really trying. Is it? I mean, the, the England-Wales thing, I was listening to a great podcast, listeners, called The Rest is History, um, which, which, which is a, a history podcast, as you'll gather. What they've been doing is doing a historical podcast against each of the World Cup opponents as, as each one's gone through in turn. So the relationship between um, England or Britain, England, one being one and the same against, for example, Iran. Good one on, on the USA the other day I listened to. And I actually listened to one, I got through about half of it, uh, the one versus Wales um, ahead of the game. And also I noticed the BBC TV coverage did a kind of a lead-in about the historical relationship between England and Wales. And, you know, it, I find I found some of it a little bit over the top, to be honest. I mean, if you want to go back to the medieval history, then you can find plenty of um, battles won and battles lost. And, you know, one one group of people squashed another one's on in the ascendancy it goes through hundreds and hundreds of years i mean you can talk about the impact of uh, more recently of margaret thatcher and you know there's conversations about that but I, I found the whole hype part of it quite boring michael i mean you know yeah england england versus wales it's a bigger deal in rugby union perhaps but yeah. football terms it's it's never really. Um, it, it's a by the way compared with, say, for example, England versus Scotland, which does at least have some measure of, um, you know, it means something. You know, I've never found the the Welsh thing um, particularly 
I don't know. It's, it's a bit like Bill playing Cholton in a way, isn't it? You know, you, you can't get that excited over it. It's just, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. one has an obsession with the other, but it's, and, and they're expecting the one, the obsessed to be as... Uh, as obsessed. As, yeah. as, as the obsessor, but it's, I, I agree with the England-Scotland thing. I think to a degree you can maybe say, like with nearby nations, England and Ireland, because of all the history there, and obviously there was that game in the 90s when it was all got a bit naughty. Mm. Um, even that sort of watered down now compared to what it was. But it's like I had some people and I, I overheard them going like, oh, don't you feel sorry for Wales? Well, why should we? Really? You know, it's like, I mean, if, if there's a sport where... You know, there's someone representing Britain. So Andy Murray's not English, but when he plays tennis, he's British. Good luck, Andy Murray. Joe yeah. Calzaghe, he's Welsh. When he fights, he's, he's under a kind of British banner. You know, all these kind of things. When the Olympics are on, etc. No, I live closer to France than I do to Wales. Why do I give a toss about how Wales do in qualifying? <laughs> the main reason I feel sorry for, for Wales is I'm just looking at their team last night. And if you take out... Uh, Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey are two players. Bale certainly would be known outside football circles, perhaps. Ramsey, maybe, depending on the um, the knowledge of the person. But really, once you get past those two big names, you really, unless you really know oh, your, cha- your championship or your League One football, Michael, it, <laughs> the rest of the team is not really, you know, I, I don't know some of these players. And I, I think of myself as having a reasonable football knowledge. And then if you scroll down, look at the England side, you know, you, you have some real prospects. Now, I, I am still not convinced that we're good enough to press on and win this thing because I think we do lack certain key defensive qualities that will be exposed against the the other really good sides. And here I'm talking about France and from what we've seen of them so far, Brazil, where you've got real generational, as this word has it now, talents. But I think we're a very, very good side. And if you're looking at Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane, Ben Foden, Jude Bellingham, um, you know, there's four players there that people outside the game, maybe even the dear old Harry Maguire, but for different reasons. I mean, that shot he had in the first half was wonderful, wasn't it? It didn't even hit the corner flag, you know. Um, but if you take those four names there, Bellingham, Rashford, Kane, Foden, for different reasons, perhaps. But those are names that would reach beyond football. And... Yeah, and that's a fair chunk of your side with standout top level talent. Yeah, um, and and the thing is as well is like without trying to be too disrespectful as well, um, a lot of a lot of Welsh players historically have been that kind of born over here Welsh um, earlier generations, like just just grand, coming to mind now. Welsh, yeah, where they're finding yeah, I mean, some some old dear that was uh, born in. Philly or something. Yeah, and I know he, I know he didn't exactly rip it up, but it's like Steve Morrison. You know, he he, he was a Welsh international, and he, he wasn't born in Wales. I don't believe. I think he had Welsh grandparents. But yes, yeah, like you say, you you with 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 the Wales side, I think you need to just realign expectations. You really, really do because yes, they done well qualifying for 2016 Euros. I'm just looking at it here. Um, they obviously done well qualifying for that. Uh, 2016, 2020 as well, but. This yeah, is their yeah. kind of, but this is like you say, this is their kind of golden generation now. These are the ones who um, were the ones who were going to sort of carry, carry them through. But even now, like if you look at, the, I mean, we're focusing on, we're, 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 an, we're an English football team based podcast focusing on the Welsh, but um, we're obsessed with them. <laughs> but um, but on the beach, <laughs> only, only because it's a point of con, a point of conversation out of the fixture last yeah, night. I mean, the, I thought like the result the was routine and England didn't really have to 
get out of uh, third gear, to be honest. Um, no. So, yeah, I mean, the point of conversation is the, I think it's a media obsession with creating, uh, what's the words? It's, it's like they need to divide people in a way. There was a prelim um, TV piece before the game last night, which was like a, I don't know, picking out all the points of Welsh history that where they'd have a grudge against the English, you know, as they would see it. And, and I don't then, know what the point is. you've got the whole Michael Sheen speech that he did to the Welsh squad and like the red of the flag and the dragon in your heart and all this and and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And you're like, come on. You're like, did this, 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 it was just a bit much for me. And and straight away after, after the match, um, like this morning, it's, Bell says you'll keep playing. We're like, okay, cheers, Gareth. You're 33 and you can't even play nine minutes. <laughs> and then, and then it's and like, he... Rand don't know what to do. Alan don't know what to do. What Wales should do next? What should they do? Well, here's what you do. You've got another four years to another World Cup. Why don't you get all the old shit out and bring some new ones in? Well, that would be that would be the way forwards. I mean, I, I think in fairness to the Republic of Ireland, they've also been through a similar kind of process of you're going to results are going to dip. They've had one or two poor results, but they're starting to find younger players. Maybe they'll take them back to where they were. Maybe they won't. But unless you're going to back the youth, and that's what Wales are going to have to do. It's what England did to some measure as well. I mean, when you look at this England side, it is backing younger players, even though Jordan Henderson is is, is lurking in the side last night. Um, you know, you, you you hopefully find youth talented enough to take you further than where you, where but, you, but the you, you are the now. Yeah. The difference is with that, you've got Henderson, who you, who you say like lurking in the background, Maguire, who's still a little bit hot and cold lurking. Yes, he starts, mm. but there's still that. But like that, like with Kane, Kane said it yesterday in the press conference or the day before. If I get injured, there's other people who can come in. Proved it last yeah. night. Att- yeah. Attack attacking wise, and I said it after the um, Iran game. Attacking wise, I generally think England, when it ticks, they're really good to watch when it ticks and it's working well. Um, I think the one I, I know it's easy to say now in hindsight, but we need to forget about that USA result. You know, in in, two, in three games we've scored nine goals. Against um, opposition who, who some people gave us a hard time against USA. Fair enough, we didn't score, but we didn't concede. Iran was the sort of arguably the second most dangerous te- group team in the group, and we absolutely annihilated them. And as we say, we've said it half time in cheek, but let's be serious. The Welsh had this absolute obsession we have to beat England, and we showed them how to do it. Mm. I think attacking wise, we're not too bad when it ticks, but it's with, with England, it's consistency. Will we win the World Cup? Probably not. Will we be in the last four? I think we've got a good chance. I think it's a, I think definite maybe for the semi-finals. Um, I mean, if you get that far, then anything becomes possible, doesn't it? I think it's going to be interesting to see how we get on against Senegal, which is I think is a Sunday night fiction. Sunday, it's yeah, seven pm Sunday. Um, I watched the Ecuador uh, one Senegal two game yesterday, and they're resilient because I thought Ecuador they, they pulled it back to one each, and I thought, well, here here we go, Senegal will will crumble now. They've got one or two, I think there's a couple of Premier League players knocking around in their side. So they're, they're a decent outfit and they're strong. And it's going to be interesting to see in a one-off game exactly how much, you know, I, I think you're right that England have the attacking talent to win it. Whether um, Southgate, or well, Gary Rowett Southgate, uh, is, as, as however you want to put it, will allow them to play the kind of football that could win it decisively. I don't know. It's um, how would you play it? Would you t- keep it tight against Senegal? Same kind of approach as, as last night, 
in the in the knockout phase now, or would you uh, let Rip go? You know, take the handbrake off, as the cliche has it. Uh, oh, it's, it's a tricky one because as much as you want to take the handbrake off, you can go against her a lot. A lot of you can get beat. That's the that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, the exactly. Yeah. A lot a lot of teams like to play counter attacking football. I think. But saying that though, we have got a team when you take the handbrake off and it goes well, can absolutely annihilate teams. I'd say yeah, go on, why not? So I mean, is is this Southgate's last tournament as well, or do we not know yet? It, it don't know. It probably should be. I think it probably should be. Um, although I suppose if you were Gareth Southgate, you, you he'd probably get Premier League work out of his his stint as an international manager, wouldn't he? Because um, yeah. that's going to be the payday, really. Or would you know? Will he carry on being England manager? He gets he gets flayed alive a lot, and a lot of people don't like him. I, I if... think I think the thing is is that with these, I would I would play it pretty much the same as we played it yesterday. It, 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 I know that sounds a bit silly because of how we won, but with these, he, and and this goes back to the point of saying about how how we tick as a nation and how we play football. Because if we go out at, at the first minute, yes, we can beat anyone, but we can't. We're not consistent enough to play like that from the first minute, like every single game we play. Don't um, seem to be, do we? No. no, and and the thing is as well is that that group we're quite lucky in the sense that yes, it, it, it's a tricky group that Senegal were in, but they're certainly certainly nowhere near the best team in the World Cup, and they, they weren't even the best no, team no, in no. their group. So no. yeah, maybe maybe Sierra goes for twenty minutes and then let the handbrake off. Because I don't, I don't think Senegal will really, unless we have an absolute mare, I can't see why we couldn't comfortably beat them as well. I think, I think um, Senegal will be physical. They, they may want to mix it a little bit. I don't know. Um, it depends how we handle that. Really, it wouldn't surprise me, listeners, that Gareth keeps it tight for the first half, a bit like another Wales repeat. Really, Michael, um, we only need a one goal to beat them. You know, one one nil um, to the England as as we'll put them. Put them into the quarterfinals. So, um, I think I think Foden and Rashford have certainly earned their place. Yeah, he's he's a man reborn, reborn Marcus Rashford, isn't he? He certainly looked in live and last night. And the Foden run was it? Foden who got fouled for the free kick. He was making a run um, yeah. through the middle, which earned the free kick, which created a goal. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd be hard pushed to drop them. Um, who knows the mind of of, of Gareth Southgate? But. Uh, Knockout football is when the World Cup really begins. Um, today, one, 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 one thing I do like about the England team as well, they, they touched on it on the BBC article this morning, and it's, it's the first time in, in quite a number of years, especially with this group of players, that we have got such quality in depth. You know, yeah. you, you think we've got, you know, we had Foden and... Um, we had Foden on the bench and uh, recently, and uh, and Rashford on the bench. But now we've got like Saka who can come off the bench now. Henderson can tie up, tidy it up if you need to. Trippier came off the bench yesterday as well. Um, Grealish. So we have got yes, we may not have the Lionel Messi's in their pomp and circumstance prime, and the Ronaldo's and Rooney's in his prime. But we've got some very very good players to bring off off the bench. Whereas a few years before. We basically had a good eleven, and we would, you know, you'd have like Michael Owen and Wayne Rooney, but then Darius Vassell on the bench, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of, you know, those type of players, or or you'd have, or you'd have like Gerrard and Skulls and Lampard, but then Nicky Butt to come on, or or, or, or you, you, you know, you, you didn't, have, and that's no disrespect, you didn't have bad players, but I think, I think for all these haters and negativity that Southgate gets. 
I think he's took a very good squad. And one thing he has done as well is he's got rid of that whole whole north-south divide where they used to sit on different tables when they used to eat their dinner and all that. So yeah, they seem, seem a group. They seem a group now, don't they? The, 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 yeah. whole, the whole squad, you know. Um, going to be interesting. As I say, I think the World Cup really begins from Sunday from our point of view mm. onwards. Um well, that'll be like a uh, there'll be ninety minutes, then then half an hour of extra time and penalty shootout. So there's no room for, you know, you, you will get upsets along the way. Um, interesting article. I'm just looking. I, I was trying to find it as I'm talking, Michael. It was on the Athletic, and they're talking about the impact, the physical impact of this FIFA ruling to play the uh, the game management and the and the VAR delays and all the rest of it. That's why we're getting these long added time periods at the end of football matches in this World Cup. They talk about the physical impact because it's effectively turned the 90-minute game into uh, 100, you know, 100 plus minutes, 105 minutes sometimes, depending on how much gets added on, um, and how it's actually wearing down players. And it's, it means that the structure of the game, if this continues, will, um, you know, manage managers will need to... Uh, think about the physical impact on on bringing players into the game with where once you know to bring a player on at eighty minutes would seem like you're just seeing at last you know ten name but you're possibly seeing at the last twenty minutes is it, it it makes an, a difference and an impact on the game in ways that maybe I don't know if they were thought through um, and it's just interesting the comment about it I mean I, I quite like it I, I like the idea well, I know we spoke about it the other day the idea of um, Picking up the, the uh, trying to do away with the game management side of the game, which I don't personally like. I think it's an individual thing, but it's just in, you know it will have ramifications in different areas, won't it? Adding on this this length of time at the end of the game, if it spreads to the Premier League um, yeah. and wider, I think these are the types of places you can do it. But I think when it becomes a kind of a week in week out kind of thing, um, that's when we'll start seeing more protests because. You're already getting protests in the Premier League, for example, that there's no mid mid Christmas break or mid season yeah. break. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and you're all and all you ever hear from Guardiola and Klopp is there's too much there's there's not enough um breaks between games and the Christmas break and you know, we are oh, you hear Klopp fans go, Oh, how can we play Wednesday and Saturday? I mean, God forbid footballers do three hours a week um <laughs> within ninety minutes on five hundred grand a week. But, um, well, the hundred minutes of football in this tournament has not been. They, they had a child was tr- desperately trying to find this this story, listeners. I can't as I'm talking, so you'll have to take my word. It's on the Athletic, and they did a list of all of the games played. I think the shortest amount of added time was the I think it was the England USA game. Speaking from memory, and that was around about five and a bit minutes. I think Every, it was five added on last night, wasn't it? At the end, maybe, yeah, maybe. I I, I didn't take any notice, but um, consistently we're talking about eight nine, ten minutes added on at the end of, of games for the various delays and the various ways. And I, I, I approve of the doing a, or the trying to tackle the time-wasting part. I mean, I th- was it Harry we were speaking to him or Ryan the other day? Michael, he, he spoke about the art form of game management. And I, I, I kind of take that. But that, for me, used to be going to the corner, st- you know, holding the man off in the corner, you know. Yes, that's part, that's a footballing skill. But yeah. Rolling around pretending to be injured and yeah, you know, all the other stuff that we see so much of, that isn't a footballing skill. That's just cheating, from want of a better word. So 
anything that tackles it is is a good thing, in my opinion. How do you see it as a referee and as a fan? In that oh way? yeah, um, no, absolutely. And and anything with a referee's head on, anything so that will make a referee's life easier. Too bloody right, do it. Bring it in because because like you say that there's one thing Neil Harris used to do it best when when he was in his second spell at Millwall towards the end before he went to South End. He'd get a slight nudge in the back, and he'd go down. There's contact. There's a foul. And he'd, he'd go down and um, win the free kick. But Neil Harris wasn't rolling around on the floor and hold his head and all that kind of thing, pretending you know that he needs stitches or like yeah. a brain scan because of the impact. But yeah, that, that's that's the difference between a little bit of game management, what Neil Harris would do, and then like you say, the cheating now. And and this is where the FA, the UEFA's, FIFA's, these organisations that if if the big the big Super League esque clubs sit down, mm. you know, the Barca's, the Madrids, the Juventuses. Liverpool, because that like Liverpool, the Mill Walls, the Mill Walls, you know, the Forest Green Rovers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're uh, uh, yeah, they're, they'll they'll all sit around, they'll they will all sit around the table and go, oh yeah, but you know, we can't play Champions League football and then play 120 minutes on Saturday against so and so. Stop doing it then. This is where you well, need to that will be. That was that, the, that was the thrust of the article that maybe managers because it comes from management. Will be persuaded to reduce the, uh, the the dark arts of the game on pain but, of having it all added thing, on the in the way. The thing is, as well, though, with it, Nick, right? The thing is, is that they've been given the opportunity by IFAB, by laws of the game creators, and the league. Great example: yeah. when there is a substitution to avoid time wasting, the player walks off the pitch, the nearest line to him, he walks around the pitch and all that. They still... So, so, so they're given the chance not to time waste. The players then choose to time waste by going from the corner flag, like between... Well, like they normally... was an example, between the Dockers and the cold blow lane end, all the yeah, way back to yeah. the dugouts. And then they moment we've added three minutes on, so it took you three minutes to come off the pitch. Oh, that's a bit unfair. Get off the fucking pitch the other side then. The one that makes me laugh Who's is the Sunday friend? Sunday morning stroll towards the longest exit route, you, or the, 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 where the benches are. And then the, when the referee um, taps his uh, watch as they're getting close to that area, because they slow down somewhere, there must be a technique in doing this. They do that kind of funny walk, but making out your running thing that old old old, old boys seem to do, a crossing a, a, um, a zebra <laughs> crossing. You know, or, 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 <laughs> they're not they're, moving or, any quicker. They're yeah. just they're, you're making like a faint run. You know, or, 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 when, or when they've missed the bus and want to phase it out, <laughs> so they don't have people laughing at them. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. A little bit of Millwall because the league action, the EFL returns on Saturday, dear listeners. Well, fair play, first of all, Michael, for everyone that's going up to Sunderland. I was looking at, um, I think it's Paul Paul Chewy, Z007. Um, and oh, I saw it. It's the five o'clock in the morning train. Yeah, something. and Mike Stop Perkins that. is flying up there. Um, I take my hat off to the chaps for, for making the effort to get up to Sunderland for a 12.30 start on, on Saturday. Um, nice to get back to league action. Uh, and it'll be nice to see how the story of Mill's season, which was suddenly looking very, very bright going up to Preston after or coming back from Preston, that's probably a better way to put it, before the World Cup break, how that continues. Um, <clears throat> just reading a news at the end, strange story, really. Tyler Bury um, is the, the story goes from Richard Crawley. Tyler will need to train tomorrow to put himself in contention for the game on, on at Sunderland on Saturday. He's been ill for the best part of seven to ten days, says Gary Rabbit. Um we'll see if he's if he trains and if he's if he's fit for, for, for a trip to Sunderland. 
It's an odd one, isn't it? You know, because he didn't feature in the Bronby game, the friendly last week, and it sounds like he's been quite rough. Yeah, and he doesn't play him anyway, does he? <laughs> long, long train ride for a coach ride. <laughs> Can you imagine that? No, for your Tyler. Tyler. Especially if you've got the trots. You've got the trots. Get over your food poisoning. <laughs> seven hours a week, seven hours a day in the gym. It'll be, it'll be like, you know, the Ivan Drago montage in Rocky Four. <laughs> Well, they're just faster, faster, Tyler. And then he sits him up there, yeah, on, on if, the bench. If the story was tellable, I'd have to tell the listeners about the uh, the only time I ever took Coach One, because I think that was a subject. I, did we talk about it the other day? I can't remember. But I took Coach One to the Everton away game in the FA Cup when Tim Cahill was playing for Everton all those years ago, it was mid mid two thousands. And I, for some reason, I got the trots on the on the coach coming back. And I, I, I don't know if anyone followed me into the on board. Um, in, in the on-board toilet. <laughs> if you do, if you did, and you walked in after me, then I, I'm guilty. Me a golfer. Twenty years on. <laughs> I think I think now in Coach One that smell's still on there. I, I never, <laughs> I've never been back on Coach One since. I thought well, I'd sooner drive and uh, you know do anyway. This is a very I don't know how I got onto that. Um, oh, also another point as well. Um, Congratulations to the FA for once again uh, fixing the draw so we get a cack third round game. <laughs> Sheffield United. They aren't all that happy either. I was re- looking through Twitter ahead of this, Michael. You know, the, the sense of desolation is as real for Sheffield as it is for Millwall fans. So, um, Do you know what? I was, I was, with the, I was, I was in the car. Like, we, we was out, me and, me, and, me and one of my boys. And he was like, oh, who do you think we'll get? I said, someone rubbish. Well, I think we're still in the draw with Manchester United going into the what, the moment that Sheffield came out in it against our, our number. Yeah, um, yeah no. Uh, That's still always reminds me of the time. Do you remember when we had, was it Telford in 2004? <laughs> and they went, Tel- oh, no, was it Telford at home? Yeah, it was. We, we, we had a few, Lee, Lee RMI. I remember playing Lee yeah. RMI, Railway Mechanic yeah. Institute. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they not Telford? That, didn't they? Yeah. We had Telford away in the cup run, didn't we? In the, in the yeah, uh, yeah. cup final run. Yeah. So that was it. Because Telford, I remember they went, they pulled the names out. It was like Telford. And they went, way. And then it went, we'll play Millwall. They went, oh. <laughs> 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 we're, we're, no one's, we're no one's first yeah, choice. That, that, that's, that's every cup draw. That's what I said to the boy. That's the boys. I said, what's going to happen is I said, we'll beat Sheffield United and get Forest Green Rovers or Cambridge or something like that. Or Sheffield United will beat us and get West Ham at Bramall Lane. That always happens, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh, dear. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it'd be nice to get back into league action. It's on Sky TV. It's been selected by Sky Television for coverage. So fair play to everyone. I don't know how many are going to go up there to... Um, to Sunderland, um, it'd be cold and all in it. So fair play. Hats off to them, to them all. Um, I was, I, I'm toying with the idea of going up to Luton on World Cup final day. I'm weighing up how quickly I can get back from Luton back round to uh, here in East London after the game. So um, possibly I might be logging on tomorrow. I was, I was a bit astounded, listeners, when I thought I had all the the, the biggest points, but I, I was denied access when I went to bolt buy a ticket the other day because I haven't got enough. Loyalty points. My loyalty is being questioned now, Michael. I've got enough to get them from tomorrow, so I'm going to try and log on tomorrow. I did hear that tickets are a bit slow for the game. Well, probably what's happened is the club shop staff have moved into the ticket office. Yeah, yes, yeah, club club shop was shut. I don't know. Um, there we are, Michael. I think I've had at least half an hour of your lunch hour, mate. I'm going to let you get a chance to go and have a have a sandwich. Big thank you for joining us on the show today. That's all right. I'll go back to my knickknacks. Thanks. Your knickknacks. 
Thank you to you listeners for tuning in. Um, World Cup Diary. I don't know how many more of these I can keep going doing. We've got another one on the Sunday after the Senegal game and then we'll see where we go with it from there. But big thank you, Michael Avery. Big thank you to you for listening. Until the next edition of World Cup Diaries with Nick Hart and Michael Avery. Bye for now. Arrivederci Mill. Arrivederci Mill. Achtung, Millwall. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.